Hi, this is Hermine Hartman with another episode to kick off the beginning of the year of Indigo Studio. And we're going to talk today to Abdul Ali, and he is a financier. So we want to talk about investments, what you should and shouldn't do with your money, what the market looks like. And uh, he's going to give us some great information today. Mr. Ali, welcome. Blessed by the best. You can get away with calling me Abdul, but everybody else got to call me Abu Ali. Abu Ali. Okay. You got the juice like that. Okay. Excuse me. Okay, Mr. Abu. Excuse me. So tell me how you got into the investment uh, industry. That's a good question. You know, my dad, my dad taught me about money. My mother used to tell me when I was born, I was born saying, show me the money. Because when I was in my mother's womb, my dad used to read me the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> he used to talk money to me at a young age. And then I got started when I was a teenager. My dad, I used to play basketball, so I used to buy the Jordans. So my dad said, look, you really like these Jordans. I'm going to teach you how to buy stock in Nike. And if you want to get these Jordans, you got to know how to manage your Nike stocks to determine when you should make money or if you lose money, you lose money. How old were you? I was like 15. Okay. 14, 15. All right, so we're buying Jordans, and your dad's going to say, this is how you yeah, this is how you get to Jordans. This is how you get to Jordans. Okay. And I had to take a sacrifice and, and learn because I was playing basketball, and everybody wanted to have some Jordans on playing basketball. So I had to, like, I couldn't wear Jordans for a couple months. <laughs> that was your sacrifice. <laughs> that was my sacrifice. <laughs> but it paid off. So I learned how to make money, work for me at a young age, and I was, you know, being empowered by my dad. And then my profession, I got started when I was in high school. I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. So I went to school. I call it suited and booted. That's when you, like, dress for success. I have. No I, no baggy pants. No baggy pants. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a DNA explosion. Ninth grade through 11th grade, I looked it like everybody else. You know, dress how the young kids dress. But 12th grade, the millionaire inside of me started talking. So I started to wear suits. I cut my braids, had the waves. I had a Wall Street Journal. I had my storybook. And the teachers, they was they were skeptical. They wanted to know what did I do. So they some thought I was a pimp, some thought I was a pastor, and some thought I was selling bean pies because my name. <laughs> so I I started me with the teachers during their lunch break, and I showed them how to design their investment portfolio against loss. And some of the teachers became my clients at that time. It, this is in high school. In high school, Glenville High School. Okay, so you're just rolling right along, huh? Yeah, yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right, so now here we are in 2023, 2023, and you are now really, really, really counseling and coaching people. So for 2023, what do you see? What's the market? I mean, we've been through a pandemic. Yeah. We've been through borderline inflation. Yeah. Are we or are we not? So what should I got? Let's say I got $10,000. Yeah. Tell me what to do with it. That's a good question. With $10,000, I will, before I recommend any investment to you, I will first find out your risk tolerance. Do you want to, is this green money or red money? Because green money is money you do not want to lose. That's money you don't go to Las Vegas with or to the stock market with. You want it to be safe. Red money is money that you can afford to speculate with. Can't afford to lose it, but you can afford to take a calculated risk with it. Okay, so let's say I got 10000 I want to speculate. Let's say I've done... All the right things, the rent's paid, the mortgage is paid, the car is paid. I mean, I got nice income. So what do I do with this $10,000 and I want to get into the stock game? 
the stock market. Okay. If you want to get into the stock market with 10000 I would first recommend opening up a brokerage account. First of all, is 10000 enough? That's respectable. Okay. That's respectable. All right. Because you can get stocks. They, they have what's called penny stocks. You can get stocks for $1, $2. So any amount is a good amount to start with. Okay. Because some people push it away because they think they have to have 10, 20, 30, 40,000 to get started. And you don't. But I would open up, if you're looking to get into the stock market, I would open up a margin account with a, with a brokerage account, like TD Waterhouse or uh, Morgan Stanley. Schwab. Schwab. Mm-hmm. Schwab could do the job. A brokerage account online and a more a margin account because that can help you purchase up to $20,000 worth of stocks. Okay. And I, it is like a line of interest, but it's worth it because you have more purchasing power to get into the stock market with your $10,000. Okay. That'll be the first thing I do. And then the second thing I would do is before I buy any stocks, I would look at, I would study the market because everything has been on sale. Like last year in 2022, everything is on sale. So we're going to start to see an upswing in the market. So now talk about that because you want to buy low and sell, and you want to sell high. Right. That's kind of the cardinal rule, right? right? Okay. And so when the stock drops, Everybody, some people panic, and then some people get very smart and say, now's the time for me to buy. Right. What's your thoughts on that? I agree to that because when, when people are, the market just not moves, it just don't move on the, uh, the, the finances. It moves on the psychology of the investors. So if people are in fear, the market goes down, right? And then if people are bullish, then the market go up. So when right now, it, it's, 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 we're going to start to see it go up. So you want to find out what the top investors are investing in, and you want to kind of purchase. You want to follow suit. Mm-hmm. You want to follow suit. So let's just say for you, like, if you like Victoria's Secret or if you like a perfume or just something that you like, right, that you like as a person that you just got to have in your house, right, that could be a good stock to invest in. So I would look to see if that stock is traded on the New York Stock Exchange, right? So buy to your lifestyle? Buy is that what life. you're saying? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so what about trends? Yeah. How do I look at trends and judge trends? It's probably a million dollars calling me. Um, that's, a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a million dollar call. Yeah, that's man. a million dollar call right there. Uh, the trends are tricky because the trends could be up today and down tomorrow, right? It's best to do something where you can you want to buy and hold for the long term because you want to invest in the company and not just a stock right but if you're looking at the trends you want to have you want to have a price that you're willing to sell at on a profit and the price that you're willing to sell at at a loss so let's use this as an example Mm -hmm. as a trend let's say i'm doing trend analysis Mm -hmm. electric cars Mm -hmm. okay in 10 years Electric cars will be mandatory, mandatory right. on the road, right? right? Okay, that's by law. Yeah. So now's the time, I would think, is to get into electric car stock business with a with a horizon five years, ten years, yes. because that's where we're going, right? Mm-hmm. Good thing to do, bad thing to do. It's electric boogie woogie woogie. I just had to add that. <laughs> it's electric boogie boogie woogie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So is that a good thing to do? It's definitely a good thing to do. It's 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 a great thing to do because it's it's setting it's letting you know the trend of the market. Right. And it's mandatory. 
So everybody should start to accumulate some shares of electric cars, electric companies. Because now, let's say Tesla may be too expensive for the average for the average person, right? Okay. So you would look at who are who is trying to compete against Tesla. It's smaller companies that are going to start to go up and be more uh, in the market in the marketplace, and you can start to accumulate those shares, and you could do dollar cost averaging. You don't have to invest a thousand dollars. You could just put. Set aside fifty dollars a month, you know, or five hundred, or whatever your like a savings, like a savings. Mm-hmm. And instead of just putting it into the savings, you could just put it into the market, right? The stock, the individual stock, other electric car, and and hold it. And then when you see that you're starting to lose money, then you know you have to determine how low do you want to go. How low do you want to go? How low do you want to go? And then like the buying and hold strategy is a great strategy, but. It's different ways. If you want to get into the stock market, right, find a good stock, and then I will look at finding stocks that you can do options, calls, puts. It's different strategies that you can implement by owning the stock. So it's, it's a lot of ways to make money in the market. So the mindset and the skill set. And So how about, um, how about stock index funds? The stock index funds. I would recommend for the person who don't want to look at the stock market every single day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you definitely want to look at your portfolio. Um, I have some clients in my years of being in this business. I have some clients. I say, listen, have your investment statements available so I can look at what you have and give you an expert opinion to strengthen your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes I go to their house and they have a big shoebox or a big trash bag <laughs> and dump it. Like, I ain't, they're like, I ain't looked at my statements in two years, Ali. You know, then I'm like, you know, she's, I'm like, why? Alarm. She say, every time I, every time I look, it's a loss. And then my blood pressure go through the roof every time I look at them statements because she, she losing money. So we want to check up on our money every, all the time. Every, every month, day. Every day. Because mm-hmm. they send out quarterly statements when you have those mutual funds, mm-hmm. but the market is going up and down. Then you got to be careful about the guys, the financial advisors who want you to stay in the market when you losing money. Because they don't, nobody have a crystal ball to know which way the stock market is going to go. But you could take a look at the economic trends to see which way the market is going to go. Like we just coming out of Christmas, right? So they know historically the market starts to go up because everybody's putting money into the economy, right? Mm -hmm. And then in January, we're going to start to see it go down a little bit. It's going to start to go back up. So the trends could tell you how they project the market to go. And then at this time of year, first of the year, January, February, you've got the pros, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, who are telling you invest in this, invest in this. This fund's a good fund, and you can look at what funds did for the previous year, earnings, and sometimes that helps you make a wise choice. Right. Right? Right. So the index funds would be a great great investment, but you, you have to determine your risk tolerance, you know. Okay. Now, what is risk tolerance? That's Good the question. amount of money you want to lose. That's the amount of money you can you afford wanna, that to you, lose. That you feel comfortable with losing. Okay. So, when should you start investing? Sounds like you start investing young. Yeah, you as a as as a teen in your late teens. Mm-hmm. When should you start investing? I mean, should you should the house be paid for? Should the tuition be paid? Should the college fund be in place? Should your uh, debt in college be paid in full? When should you start investing? What's a good Life cycle time. Good question. Yesterday, we should start. You should. 
starting yesterday. Yeah, because no matter how old you no are, no matter right? how old, because some because for one, it's you have to pay yourself first. You gotta okay. pay yourself first. When so you, when you do your bills, do pay your you bills, first whatever you that first. set amount. I'm gonna save a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars a month. Just pay you first. Pay you first. You are your best investment. And before you invest in your skill set of investing, you got to invest in your mindset. Like some people, some people say this. Some people say money hard to come by. You ever heard that? Yes. Some people say money's cold and hard. I need some cold, hard cash. You ever heard that? Yes. I got a pocket full of cash. Tell me if that's cold and hard. No. That feels good. Don't it feels it? nice and warm. If you listen to it, if you put it to your ears saying, hey, I'm on the way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> It's about our mindset when it comes to money, right? And then with the skill set, that's even more important. Well, it's not more important than the mindset, but with the skill set, then you have to learn how to invest. So before you you pay yourself, then you say, okay, this is the amount of money I'm going to start to save and put into the market. Or put I'm looking at putting this into the market, right? And then but you want to invest in the information and the knowledge, get some books. Tune in to some podcasts, right? You want to just get the information Mm -hmm. and you want to know what to ask these financial advisors when you go meet with them. So how does a financial advisor make money? You make money because I make money. You take a percentage of. How does that work? Right. Well, with me, as an annuity specialist, annuity specialist, I represent some of the top insurance companies that offer annuities. So I don't charge any fees for my services. The insurance company pay me a referral fee. Okay. So 100% of your money go to work for you, and then they pay me, right? Now, some financial advisors and some mutual funds, they make their money off of fees that they charge you. So if you come in and you got 100000 sometimes they may put you in what's called a front-end load, an A-fund annuity, uh, excuse me, an A-fund mutual fund, right? And that could be up to 5%. So they, you pay them 5%, so now you come in there with 95000 So the advisor who sold you the fund and the company – is making money as soon as you walk in the door. Then they have management fees on an annual basis that's usually around 1% to 2%. Of whatever the sum is? Or whichever the sum is. And they're going to make money no matter if you make money or not. Lose money, make money. Lose money, they're still going to make money. So they're making money off of your account, whatever the amount is. Right. Okay. So that's why they make more money majority of the times when your money is in the market in these mutual funds. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have a client, God bless her heart. Her, she's 70. Her mother is 101, right? And she, she's managed, she's helping manage her money, her mother's money. And they had her account, like, 80% of it in the stock market, right? And she don't want, she's oh, she's 101. She don't need to be taking no risk. Right? That's right. Zero so risk. I say, look, you got to call this guy. You got to call this broker and tell him that you need something more safe. And the broker didn't. She called, she get the voicemail. I said, look, you got to call him and tell him that you got another 100000 that you want to invest in your mother's account so he can call back because mm-hmm. he wasn't returning no phone calls. Mm-hmm. So she did that, and guess how soon he called? Five minutes. Five, before she even hung up, he called back. Hey, yes, I can help you, right? So she had to get his attention to tell him I need to move my money, and he didn't want to move it. Because he was going to put it in like a safer alternative, which had no fees. I said, put it in something where it's safe and no fees. But he kept it in the market because he was getting 2 to 3% annually off that. So we had to 
make sure that we making money, but we have to make sure that I don't have no problem with somebody making money if they helping me make money. But then I don't need you to make more money off my money than I make. Right. Right. Okay. So what's the advice? Who should you give to manage your money? Me. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so you could go to a Charles Schwab. You could go to a Dean Witter. You can go to these companies, but you just want to make sure that you have no fees or low fees. Okay. No front end sales charge. Okay. And you want to make sure that you can call and talk to somebody when you got a question. That's another thing because in this business, I've, I meet with a lot of people, right? And then some people that I meet with, they may not put their whole portfolio on the table. They just they may say, "Well, I got." They may have a million dollars in their portfolio, but they may say, "Let me see what you could do with a hundred thousand, right?" And I have to earn the rest of their business. Mm-hmm. So you want to find out, you know, you want to ask, "How do you make money?" You know, and then you want to ask a lot of questions before you invest with the financial advisor. So you want to see what their 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 level of patience is with you. So let me tell you a story. Yeah. So, you know, I published magazine Indigo. Congratulations. And when I that. first started, I had a uh, I had two young black men from Merrill Lynch who wanted to advertise with us. Mm-hmm. And they uh, didn't want to pay for it themselves. They wanted the company to pay for it because the company did ads, mm-hmm. but they wanted to advertise with us. So they went back to the company to say, this is what we'd like to do. Can you allocate for us? And they said no. So I was new, and so they, not proven yet, and so they didn't advertise. They came back to me, and they said, we're going to pay for our own ad, and they did. So they came to me one day, and they told me about this old man who had seen the ad, and he told them, I've been looking for you. Hmm. I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for some black young men that I could give my money to. He looked like a bum. Mm. His English wasn't perfect. And he wanted to meet them in a building that he owned Mm -hmm. that they were afraid to go to. Mm -hmm. And they talked their business. And he told them, I'm going to start you all off with some money Mm -hmm. and we'll see how you do. And if it does well, then we will grow it. So he said, I will come to your office. He came to the office with bags, suitcases mm. of money. He had about $20 million that he gave them to invest. They were downtown Chicago in the office. They were afraid to take the money because they thought the money might have been illegal dollars and the old man said well y'all can think whatever you want here's my money are you going to take it mm-hmm. well eventually they did well what the old man had was property mm-hmm. he owned property and he insisted that people pay him in cash mm-hmm. no checks mm-hmm. i just want my money in cash <laughs> and so he had accumulated a lot of money nobody paid attention to him because he looked like a bum He wasn't the most articulate person, but he had acquired. They made money for that old man, and he brought them some more money, but they told him, this time we want to do it a little (laughs) differently. We got another kind of way. They kept advertising, and they told me 
They said, Ms. Hartman, you don't know how much money is out here from people yes. like that. Yes. Uh, and that's our customer. Yeah. We want to we wanna keep on advertising. They weren't worried about paying for the ad no more. Right. It, it paid for <laughs> yeah. itself very, very wow. well. Do you do you encounter things like that? That's a good good question. Oh, that's a great story too. Mm-hmm. They should have gave you a nice little <laughs> kickback. They did. Okay, I, sure. I know you know <laughs> the ad. The ad right. grew. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. I do free lunch and seminars, and started out in Cleveland. We had a lady who would come all the time, cause some clients would just come to eat, cause I'm paying for lunch, and then I give them like you know, financial education. And then they'll ask questions, and then I'll set an appointment, and then I'll meet with them, and then they become clients, right? It was one lady, she kept coming to the seminar, and she didn't look well-to-do. She just looked, you know, like, you know, a regular person. She caught the bus to the seminars. So one day, I was working with my stepmother, and um, my stepmother said, look, next time that lady come, we ain't letting her in. I'm like, no, we got to let her in because we can afford the, you know, and then my dad always taught me to treat the janitor the same way he treat the CEO. There you go. Right? So she came, the lady came into the seminar, and my stepmother made that little mean face, like, mm, you know. So <laughs> she came in, she, we did the seminar, she ate, boom, 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 right? So then after the seminar, she came up to me. She's like, Ali, I want to thank you because for the last six months of me coming to your seminars and eating, I've been waiting on a settlement. And I've been going from seminar place to seminar place to seminar place to see who can help me with my portfolio. And all the other advisors, they they told me don't come no more because I didn't do any business. But you treated me like I had millions of dollars. You treated me special. So I want to do the business with you. How much money did she have? It was like a million dollars. And that was at that time I was 22. So that was like my biggest deal. That was your biggest client? My biggest client at mm-hmm. that time. So You're happy to see her. Oh, yeah. I gave her a big hug. And the, 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 the last time before she came to the, the seminar, like the previous time, she asked me for $20 for bus fare. You give it to her? So, yeah, I give it to her. You know, it's, yeah, because I got it. I love to give. The more I give, the more I receive. I'm a giver and receiver, so I'm always looking for a chance to, to bless somebody because I know it's going to come back, multiply. So, yeah, I, I gave her that, and then she came back the next week. And she had her settlement. She had the settlement with a real big old check. Wow. Yeah. Glad to see you. Yeah, real Let's glad. have lunch again. <laughs> yeah, let's, have, let's have lunch again. <laughs> so tell me about annuities. So We're talking about investments. We're talking about stocks. Tell me about annuities and how that works. Okay, that's a good question. So annuities are the backbone to the financial system. When somebody wins the lottery, they have an option to receive a lump sum or mm-hmm. receive a payment. Mm-hmm. A payment, a lifetime payment plan. Which is an annuity. Which is an annuity. Mm-hmm. When you get your pension... From your retirement company, it is an annuity. So you can either get paid out of an annuity or you can pay into an annuity, right? And the annuities are with insurance companies. And they are, they are with the insurance companies because they offer you insurance on your investment the same way life insurance give you life insurance on your life. So the annuities give you investment insurance, and they have different kinds of annuities, right? So an annuity will give you a fixed interest rate, for a fixed period of time. That's a fixed annuity. So let's say 3% for five years, right? And then you have equity index annuities that give you the stock market growth without the risk to your portfolio. So you can participate in the S&P 500, Dow Jones, without the risk. If the market go up, say 10%, you can you can get up to 10%. 
if the market is negative 10%, then you can still earn between 1% to 3%. So no matter what happens, you still make money. Then they have income annuities that give you a lifetime income stream similar to a pension. Lifetime income stream that you cannot outlive. Then they have variable annuities. The variable annuities, you have to pay a fee, and they have management fees. So it's not my favorite kind of annuity. And then bonus annuities. When you open up the account, they give you a bonus. So like a 10% bonus, 20% bonus. This is interest. Interest. But you got to keep the money there for a period of time. A year, two years? A A minimum amount? A minimum of at least five, depending on the big, the bigger the bonus, the longer (laughs) the term. So they give you a 10% bonus. They want you to keep the money there for at least five to 10 years. You still have access to it. You still can take out 10, 20% out once a year. But you can't, so you can't cash out the whole thing because mm-hmm. then you have to pay a surrender charge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the annuities are the, the safest way to go. And Warren Buffett actually invented the annuity with his private investors. He told them, if you invest with me, I'm going to pay you 5% a year. If the market, if the market go down, I'm going to pay you 5%. If the market go up, I'm going to give you a percentage of the stock market growth. And that was the, the that was the fixed annuity. That was the, fi- that, that was the equity index annuity because it gave them the stock market growth, and then the insurance companies adopted that formula, and then that's how they came up with the equity index annuities. That was his uh, creation because he's an index guy. Mm-hmm. He likes index yep, funds. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. And he does very well. Very, very well. Very well. Yeah. So rather than so the different the index funds, you can buy. I want you to explain how you can buy an industry. Yeah. Or you can just buy top 500 right? as opposed to you sitting there trying to figure out, should I buy McDonald's or yeah. should I buy Toys R Us or should I buy? But if you buy an annuity, mm-hmm. I mean, if you buy an index fund, mm-hmm. then you're buying an industry. Right. So like the index funds are competing with like the top major indexes, like the NASDAQ, which is the technology sector. So that's all the technology companies. Mm-hmm. So instead of buying... Uh, trying to find a good one technology company, you can get an index that specializes in the industry of technology. By all of them. Uh-huh. And they're trying to compete with the with the NASDAQ. And usually the smaller index companies outperform the major indexes because mm-hmm. it's smaller companies that have a lot of growth potential. Mm-hmm. And then you have the S&P 500, which is like 500 of like the corporate 500 companies. And then the Dow Jones, which is the industrial the industrial companies. The older companies, blue chip companies. So they have different index funds that are like the same as those major indexes in those industries that you can participate in. So you can allocate your portfolio and say, well, I want to have one third of my portfolio in the NASDAQ index type fund. The other portion in the S&P index fund and the Dow Jones. So it's, it's a great balanced portfolio. So would you call that diversity? Yes, man. I would definitely call it diversity, diversifying the portfolio. Because they say you don't want to put you don't want to put your eggs in one good in one basket. But sometimes I would say you want to put all your eggs in one great basket, and then take the interest that you earn and put that into the market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so what's a perfect portfolio? Let's say a person is forty years old. Oh, good job, good income. What's a what's a what's a good? That's a good question. That's what's a good portfolio, and does age matter? Age does matter because the younger you are, the more risk you can 
afford to take. Say that again. The younger you are, the more risk you can take. Okay. The older you are, the less risk you want to take. Okay. Because you got to think senior citizens not getting on a roller coaster no more. So that means stock market go up slow, and then it go down fast, just like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. So the younger you are, so let's say 60 years old, it's a rule of thumb to subtract, let's say, 100, and your age is 60, so that leaves 40%. So it's 60% and 40%. 60% of that needs to be safe, I would say, in the annuity. That's the red money? That's that, the green that's, that's money. A, that's the green money, right. Mm-hmm. And then the other 40% would be the red money. Where you got a little risk tolerance. You got tolerance. a little risk tolerance. Mm-hmm. So let's just say 25 to 30% in index funds and some in individual stocks that you personally like. And then with the, with the individual stocks, you want to find out the companies, what they're doing with their stocks, what they're doing with their company. You can't find out what they do before they do it, but it's public record on what they did already. So if it showed that the chairman of the board have uh, sold their shares then they mean that it looked like you should not buy or you should sell if you own that stock. If it showed that they bought more shares and you want to, it's a good time to buy. So you want to have a portion of that index funds, portion of that where you got individual stocks that you like. You want to have like 5 to 10% in gold or silver. And you want to have like 5 to 10% in, I don't want to leave out real estate at all, but we're just talking about the stock market, right? And, and, and financial investments like that. And then you want to have 5 to 10% and like a Bitcoin or one of them. Did, you recommend Bitcoin? I recommend, I don't recommend anything because I don't want to get in trouble for recommending anything. But <laughs> I would say you you should be interested in the digital currencies, the cryptocurrencies, and mm-hmm. find the ones that's trying to compete, find the next big thing that's trying to compete with Bitcoin because it has some major dips because it wasn't regulated. But it has some major highs, too. It has major highs. I got a chance to participate in those highs. And I was like, whoa, it's not regulated, so it's it's a lot of risk because mm-hmm. they can just, like, we know who the, who owns Macy's or who owns these big companies, but we don't know who owns the, the, the cryptocurrencies. And that was the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. So I seen that, and I'm like, this ain't regulated. But now, it's, now that it's being regulated, I feel like it's going to start to have more profit potential and the government got the, you know, they, they, you didn't even have to pay taxes on it. Now it's, it's different. Okay. So kind of like going to Vegas and throwing it, the dice. Right. Huh? It is. But then we know that every, a lot of stuff is coming digital now. Mm-hmm. So that's like the wave of the future. And I'm glad that it is being regulated because it gives us more opportunities for our money to be safe and not being swindled by a computer. Or somebody that's behind the computer, we will never know. Or somebody not paying attention. Or somebody not paying attention. At all. Say, thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Ali, for coaching and for telling us about the stock market. Maybe what we should keep our eyes open to for 2023. This is Hermine Hartman with Indigo Studio, and Happy New Year.